0: I think it's creating a vision and a process and a system to give you the lifestyle that you want. The freedom to be able to make the biggest impact, honestly.
1: To live in alignment with your highest
0: values, wherever they are.
1: I think it choice, gives you the choice to do what you want to do on your terms. So one, enjoying your journey to get there, and two, making the most out of opportunities everything needs to be leveraged because then you can do more you can living your perfect lifestyle and being able to do that because you've understood how to be able to leverage your tasks within your business and within your life as well
0: design the life you want
1: so yeah then i just like yeah pretty much binged on your podcast for like a day or two and then i was just like hey why don't i just reach out because i've got a podcast and i'm sure people would love to Wow, just get your experience, like you say, of the Absolutely. Costa Rica experience, right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Hit me with the questions. I, I'm completely...
1: Cool. Uh, well, I reached out to my audience as well and just sort of checked what kind of questions they would want to ask as well. But I, I'm yeah. going to be very selfish here as well. Like, I'm hoping that if I want to ask it, they also want to know. So. I've
0: literally done not only podcasts, but I've done dozens and dozens of liter- just calls. Like, I'll just take... People want to have questions about Costa Rica and I just... I'm, I love talking about it, so, and sharing Perfect. my
1: experience. That's yes. all good. I've just realized my thing says, like, our business name, because it's, like, our business soon, so, Turner West, no so that's obviously not my name. It's Catherine Turner, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, on the podcast, really, like, Leverage Lifestyle is talking about, like, freedom, choice, just the ability to kind of work from anywhere, have a bit of location freedom. And And, and by the way, like, I always think, like, Leverage Lifestyle is going to be based on your values and what you want from life and your lifestyle so mm-hmm. i just kind of thought that i know a lot of people dream of working remotely in these tropical countries and islands and recently Bob barbados opened up their their island to come and work remotely because all of us are basically having to work remotely so this is the stuff i've been talking about for like 2 years and now everyone's sure. having to do it right um so i suppose it was like obviously i've listened to a lot of your advice so far about what you would do but Like, what's the, what's like the number one tip or the top tips when you're thinking like, okay, I'm thinking about Costa Rica. Where do I turn to next? Like, what are some of the barriers, the challenges, maybe stuff that I've not even thought about? Like the questions I don't even know to ask that now you've been there 20 years. You're like, it's,
0: it's easy. Sure. (laughs) Sure. The number the number one thing is for most people is money. Um, Mm -hmm. That's the number one thing you gotta get your finances straight before moving to Costa Rica. Um, To try and make money here, it's possible. It's extremely difficult. Uh, It's extremely difficult and I have multiple businesses here. I've had multiple businesses here. Um, The difficult part isn't that it's just business. Business is always difficult. It's that you're moving to a new country, new Mm -hmm. culture, new regulatory environment, everything around that, um, which makes it hard. And most people get this idea, oh, Costa Rica, uh, I'm an accountant, but I've always <laughs> dreamed of owning a bar. Let's go open a bar in Costa Rica. And mm. they have no idea how to run a bar and they go out of business and they're like, boy, Costa Rica is tough. You know? <laughs> no, you just don't know how to run a bar, right? Uh, I tell people like, look, if you run businesses successfully outside of Costa Rica, you can definitely have success in Costa Rica. You know, you just have to learn kind of the local culture and environment. But if you've never run a business out in, outside of Costa Rica and you think you're going to come to Costa Rica and run a business, like, dude, that's a terrible, terrible idea. It's terrible. <laughs> and I, I try to dissuade people from it all the time. Because um, wow. business itself, you know, you're a business owner, is very hard. And to mm-hmm. do it in a new culture, new world, forget. I mean, it's just, it's so rare that it works yeah. out for people. So rare. Yeah. So, number ones, do get your money right. And for most people, because it's usually a little bit younger leaning, uh, it's either younger leaning or older leaning who are actually <laughs> making this move. Um, I tell them, look, learn to work remotely. You, Even if you've just graduated high school in the United States or Britain or wherever, you have a certain level of skills that are marketable. And getting out there on using Fiverr or you know, any of the other Upwork or any of these other sites and beginning doing that now while you still have a job right. uh, is the ideal situation if you're trying to work remotely and come to Costa Rica because you can then, and I've, I've advised people, for example, I know people who are social media managers and want to move to Costa Rica. I said, look, you're making whatever, you're making $45,000 a year right now in California working for this company. Go in there and be like, look, I'm moving to Costa Rica in two months. I love this job, I love working for you guys. Can we do a test right now? For the next two months, I'll work from home, and if I need to come in, I'll come in, but I'll work from home, I'll take half the salary, and we'll just do it, and then I'll just continue that in Costa Rica. Mm. They've just hired the same person for half the price. They're more likely to do it than not, and you've just bought yourself a lifestyle that you wouldn't, you know, being able to make $25,000 a year and live in Costa Rica, you can actually have a fantastic lifestyle if you live inexpensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no way you'd make $25,000 a year working in Costa Rica. Like it's just really, the, the salaries don't match up. And yeah. so, you know, I always tell people, try to keep your job, you know, outside of Costa Rica and bring it here. Um, yeah. And if you don't have a job that translates like you're whatever, a construction worker, it's just gonna be very, very difficult for you to make a living yeah. in Costa Rica. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that's really helpful. Um, yeah, I remember kind of hearing that on your podcast. I suppose the thing for, I mean, I've Leverage Lifestyle goes across the world. That's the great beauty of podcasts, right? But of course, a lot of my listeners are UK based. So um, I was like looking at time difference, of course, like we just, uh, we started with that saying like, you know, what's the time difference? Um, so I was just thinking how, like how it would work or what kind of businesses would work quite well, where the time difference is quite different. But, for example, like I am a big advocate of using virtual assistants. My virtual assistants are actually based in the Philippines. Again, there's a huge time difference there. Um, I was actually thinking about my dad. He's uh, an IT um, support desk worker, but his uh, company he works for is in the US. Um, so actually, yeah. it still works. It doesn't, again, your company should be flexible. It's even that the fact that there'll still be some time, you know, look, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You're up at 7 o'clock. Like, it, it will still work. There'll be some crossover time. Right. Um, but like, you know, we've, we've managed property. Um, we've done like Airbnb. I know that's uh, a question that's come up on one of your podcast episodes about people like managing kind of Absolutely. Airbnb. I know obviously right now in the, the current climate we're in, that's worst probably- business in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We were funnily enough. Uh, yeah. just came out like February time. So yeah, uh, probably the best move in some ways, but- uh... I
0: Actually, I'm of a differing opinion though. I think okay. this is actually, yes, it's the worst time if you want to make money. But if I wanted to move to Costa Rica and open an Airbnb where I'm providing the service to people who own properties and I'm Mm -hmm. their host or whatever, I I manage the entire promotional arm of it and I manage all the check-ins and everything, I think it's a fantastic time if you have the money to support yourself for the next eight months, right? Yeah. The reason why, you're not going to make any money for the next eight months. But guess what? Everybody who was doing that job before, except for large real estate agencies – are done. They're gone. Like they're out. They're out of the business, right? Yeah. You can come in and start making those relationships, start doing the actual work now, and when it comes back, you can have, g- have grabbed a much larger share of the pie than you could have 6 or 8 months ago because 6 or 8 months ago, there was 45 guys in each town doing this kind of stuff, right? Now they're all gone. Those kids who were doing it, they're 25 years old, they were making a couple thousand bucks a month doing it. They've they fled. You know, they can't, they don't have, there's no work for them. They don't have any money. They don't have any savings. So if you have savings to come and actually begin establishing that, I think it's a fantastic time.
1: Yeah, this is great. And actually, uh, at the very beginning of lockdown here in the UK, I, I basically did an episode. I got a bit of a slating from some people, but many people who got what I was trying to talk about is like, there's always going to be opportunity in a crisis, like, hundred um, percent. and look, you know, I'm not one for like taking advantage when it's like maybe morally incorrect or ethically incorrect but like where it's just like okay well they still need that support other people 100%. have just gone and left them
0: yeah so cool i'm glad you mentioned that cuz i think that's um that's really cool yeah um, i think i mean people with larger sums of money or more capital to invest look there are going to be a massive there's already massive destruction in the hotel industry here mm. uh, i know people are already groups of people are already getting money together to come in and try to buy you know hotels on the cheap and stuff if you have if you want to move to costa Rica and your dream has always been to come and run a a airbnb or a hotel and you have experience kind of in that you know doing at least the marketing arm of that Mm. um i think there's going to be over the next six eight ten months who knows maybe even a year or more there could be fantastic opportunities of course there's major risk right i mean there's major risk uh, in doing that sort of thing, because the person who's getting out, you know, there's no, there's zero bit like the destruction of wealth is hard to even comprehend. Um, yeah, You know, I mean, you, you know, you, you're a business owner. I'm a business owner. I know I've seen it. We have a business that deals with tourism. You had <laughs> a business that was worth a half a million dollars. It's literally worth nothing today, right? The destruction of the wealth is hard to fathom. Um, yeah. But that said, like I've told my wife, look, if we're still standing when this comes back, ha- at least half our competition will not be standing. I mean, yeah. it's we might not be standing, right? But if we can be standing, then, you know, the, the pie, our gra- our portion of that pie potentially could be much larger. So there is opportunity.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's uh, I think it's doing everything you can do to keep standing. Um, I think I was listening to one of your episodes about like it's about keeping that goodwill, um, you know, doing right by, you know, the people who are still going and, you know, who need your help at this time if you can. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, we did a lot of that, like when basically all the SAE uh, service accommodation like died was was um, like going basically, or the Airbnb, like you couldn't travel, you couldn't lock down, but you were finding, um, like first we have the NHS here, for the hospital workers and all people who had to go in quarantine they all the hotels are closed but all these then individual units you could open them up so you weren't necessarily making profit but what you were doing was you know doing it at cost providing goodwill probably getting some good testimonials as well and case studies kind of coming through and saying look like this is what we're doing we're still open for business we're helping nhs workers and uh you know key workers and frontline workers um and so it at least kept your business ticking over if you were doing some sort of like a rent to rent type stuff with a landlord or an owner. Mm. Um, it meant you could keep keep going so yeah, I do think there's something there. It's just like, okay, if we can keep going, if we can keep that goodwill, we could do something where you know it might be break even or you know massive reduction in profit, but actually, hey, if we're still standing then the the grab yeah. just got bigger. Like we can, you know, the kind of. I mean, even grab. as
0: we're talking about it, I, I think you know, my my brain always goes to what's the opportunity, right? I mean, it's like, mm. is there a way to 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 work a bad situation? And you know, we were just at the beach. I don't know, three weeks ago, Manuel Antonio, which is a couple hours outside of San Jose. We live in San Jose, a couple okay. hours outside. And you know what? The inexpensive hotels were were book solid because all right. the local ticos, as we call them, Costa Ricans they're basically all working virtually, you know, all the teachers, all the public employees, nobody's going into work. Guess what? They're at the beach. And so budget hotel, they can't afford the $300 night places, but the ones that are 50 bucks a night or 60 bucks a night, they were full. Yeah. So like my brain's like, well, shoot, if I was running an Airbnb or an Airbnb listing service where I have multiple Airbnbs, this would be a fantastic time for me to negotiate a, a very low long-term rent on properties and then rent them out locally. You know, so my brain always goes to like, no, there's actually opportunity right now. It's just a matter of if you're going to hustle, you know? Yeah,
1: that's that. So uh, obviously we were kind of joking around some of the stuff that's going on in terms of lockdown. Like, is there any idea about kind of when you feel like tourism is going to come back when that kind of area will come back for potentially, you know, my listeners who might be Airbnb traders that might be running small guest houses, hotels, and they're thinking, well, it'd be quite nice to do that in a hot tropical climate instead. Um, Is there any idea at the moment? What's the-
0: My gut has been so wrong on this whole thing (laughs) that I would not trust my own opinion. Like, I seriously was like, there's no way this goes to- june like back in march i was like this mm. cannot this can't go to june like if we go to june all's lost and i mean part of me when i talk to my friends and i know people who run huge tour agencies largest tour agencies in costa rica and you know i'm talking to them and I'm like well how long can a hotel just sit idle mm. and you know not be completely destroyed and I think we're already there. I mean, I don't even know I don't know many business owners who have a restaurant who can just, you know, close up shop for eight months. Like the number I know who can do that are zero like zero. Nobody. Yeah. And we've yeah. basically done that. So I honestly don't even know. I mean, certainly our government here uh leans very much to I, you know, there's no other way to say it, but socialist. It's a very, the the mindset in Central America and South America of the population is Mm -hmm. very much of a, what I would call socialist mindset, which they are willing to give it up to the government because they think the government is going to somehow protect them or make it better. And my view is the government almost never makes anything better almost universally make stuff worse. Mm -hmm. And the more power we give to them, the worse it's going to be. And what we have here in Costa Rica right now, in my opinion, is we've given it over to the ministry of health and their job is to keep everybody alive. And so what's going to happen is we're going to completely destroy this economy forever, potentially.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: I don't even know how we come back. I mean, that that's my, that's my end of the world zombie apocalypse. (laughs) concern. Because what I see is okay. They've just opened up the airport a week or two ago. They opened up the airport to international travel. Okay. And then they, but then they made like a very restrictive. Like you have to, of course, you got to get the tests and all that sort of stuff. But then you have to get insurance, um, <laughs> not only for um, if you get COVID, but you have to have insurance for your for extended stays if you were to have to like be in lockdown. I'm like, this is the exact wrong message. If we want, if we actually, if we don't want people to come, just keep the border, sh-. you're like, whatever, keep the border shut and be honest with ourselves. But to open it back up and be like, oh, but by the way, you have to buy, you know, insurance that's going to cost you an extra thousand bucks per person for two weeks, come on in. It's like, <laughs> who wants that? Yeah. I mean, I, I saw, well, I think, I think, um, oh, Dominican Republic uh, just came out. They're going to. The, the government is going to ensure any traveler to Dominican okay. Republic. That's, you know, that tells me people, they want me to come to the Dominican mm. Republic. Costa Rica yeah. could have done the exact same thing. It would have taken no effort because basically we have socialized healthcare here. They could have done right. that. But yeah. they don't They do not do that. And, you know, it's just not a very friendly, you know, this is what I tell people when you are trying to run a business here. It's not very business friendly. And yeah. This is the type of thing where, it's bureaucrats making the decision. They have no vested interest in keeping alive any business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they don't care. And when it comes down to it, it's just like, no, let's keep everybody safe. Therefore, yeah. we're the heroes. We've saved more lives. And what are you gonna do? It's literally yeah. that. And that's what I see. And it's, it's terrifying. To me, it's yeah. terrifying. Um, yeah, Because I know that a destroyed economy with 50% unemployment is far far scarier than people dying from COVID. Like I just, that's it. People die from it's a pandemic. People die. Like that's the way to. That's yeah. People die. It's terrible, awful. Yeah. All right, but are we going to literally kill all ourselves from you know fear of a disease that's going to kill us all? I mean, it's not going to kill us all. That that much is clear. Not yeah. everybody's dying. No, right. It's super terrifying for my mom and grandmas and all that. Of course. You know, but to lock it all down, destroy basically every small business on the planet. What are we doing here? Are we all going to work for Amazon? I I don't see that happening. I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, most people don't agree with me. I get it. Like well, 95% well, of me, people are like, you're crazy. And I'm uh, like, well, maybe so. I don't maybe know. Maybe so. <laughs> I don't seem crazy to myself. I seem totally sane. Yeah, this is, <laughs> makes sense to me. Um, let's say...
1: Funny Jake, uh, well, I was like, it took me a little while to figure it out. Um, my husband was like, you do realize uh, we're closer to being millionaires than Jeff Bezos. I was like,
0: oh. <laughs> well, that's <for> sure. <laughs> I was like,
1: oh, I was like, oh geez, closer. yeah. I was like, well, yeah, like, aren't we all, right? Uh, pretty much nearly My dog's the closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is it. Uh, uh, and I was just like, okay, this is, um, yeah, it's like, what do I see, 200 billion? I'm like, insane. Um yep. But look, like, hey, we used to have an Amazon business. Um, used to sell products in the US and things like that until it just all got a bit crazy with the tax stuff and it just all went a bit funny and we were like, Do you know what? We're just going to get out. But yeah, it's, um, hey, hey, uh, good business, right? Uh, hey, good business. Good business.
0: <laughs> I love, I'm one of the few people, I guess, who, who loves that Jeff Bezos is worth $200 million because he's given more value to more people than basically anybody on the planet. He deserves it. Yeah, I yeah, mean, this is it. I mean, when you want to order something and you get on Amazon, you thank him every single time. Nobody (laughs) else did that. Nobody else took that massive risk and actually got that thing done. Yeah. Yeah, this is – a.
1: it's really interesting because I've got – I suppose basically in like kind of the business spheres I'm in and like where I do a lot of talking and keynote speeches and things like that and obviously kind of my podcast audience, they're going to be very kind of, I suppose, entrepreneurial-minded, capitalist-minded. And so, yeah, I suppose a lot of them are probably thinking – Similar to you in the sense that, like, now we're seeing a lot more of the data come out and the facts about all of this, and that yet yeah, we're destroying our economy, it doesn't seem to make sense. And I, I think the trouble is, like, that seems the consensus of so many countries around the world. Like, I don't think the UK is unique, I don't think Costa Rica yeah. is unique in the sense that, like, so many small businesses, like family businesses as well, that have been going for generations long, and then I saw people like slating them, oh, you know, your business obviously doesn't work properly. It's like, if you lose. 98% to 100% of your customers and business overnight through you no fault of
0: your better. own.
1: <laughs> you yes,
0: because someone better. saw that coming. <laughs> You've had more money in savings. Or, or go to your bank and get a nice little loan. That'll tide you up. Okay.
1: No, it,
0: people, I have no... Of course, there's no talking to people who are who like, ah, they're the rich people, who cares? It's like, dude, I know people who, you know, 68-year-old couple who their entire life savings was their restaurant, right? And pre-COVID, they could have sold it for seven, $800,000, and that's what they were planning on doing. That's their entire yep. retirement. That's all gone. Like the business is completely gone. That entire wealth destruction, they now have to live on a meager social security and basically depend on handouts from their family to survive. That's devastating. Yeah. And anybody who tells me, ah, oh, it's just rich people, go fuck yourself like i don't care what you say no that's a lifetime of labor that you've destroyed to save people's lives during a pandemic and we're not even clear that it's really saving that many lives i just don't even you know to trust the governments to run this thing come on (laughs)
1: like you say like there, uh it, it is technically in the health health departments or the health ministries are kind of hands, really, because, of course, no one wants to be the country who has the most deaths. Like, oh. that's the, that's the you know, <laughs> that's the, oh, the marker now.
0: I, I mean, we're going on a tangent here, but when I see a yeah. minister in, or whatever, the dude in the U.S. being interviewed <laughs> by uh, Brad Pitt, I'm like, dude, we're lost. We're all gone. What? That, this is what happens with anybody. If you put me in power and you make me in charge of this thing, anything, whatever, I'm in charge of this. And Brad Pitt's now interviewing me for this. Guess what? This thing must never go away because this Mm -hmm. thing has made my life awesome, right? And so Fauci, his name is, it's not about him. You could put me in that position. When you start feeding my ego and do that Mm -hmm. to any person on earth, you could put Jesus Christ in there. He'd be like, this is amazing. It's amazing, (laughs) but you can't rely on that. This is human nature. These guys are just protecting their own interest, which I totally get. Humans all do that. We have to recognize that and be like, no, these Ministry of Health guys, they're just interested in their own stuff. All the governments, they're only interested in their own stuff. They're not looking out for us. And so us as the people in this country have to take this back in some way or not. And guess what? If we don't, uh, where are we going to be in a year? every what every country on earth bankrupt every person on earth depending on government subsidies and guess what then the governments won't be able to provide it because there's no public sector to actually support this stuff and then we are literally in zombie apocalypse i hope you bought, bought your guns because we're all done i mean at that point seriously guns are the only option
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're in the uk you can't gonna... come by them this easily <laughs> That's it. It's all right. We've got a load of water around us. So it's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at least you guys got a nice big moat. <laughs> yeah. <that's it. laughs> oh, it's all it's all yeah. So good. So good. Well, we'll 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 um we'll stay away from zombie apocalypses. Maybe okay. for a little bit longer <laughs> on the podcast, but uh maybe maybe we'll find our way back there. Who knows? Um, it's quite interesting. Yeah, some of the questions that people have. Thought, I, I don't think I'm going to ask some of the questions now because I'm like, no, oh, ask them. Please, I, please. <laughs> I
0: got <it> all morning.
1: <laughs> well, so the interesting thing was they were saying like. I suppose whenever you're considering another country to go and live, whether that's to work remotely, whether that's to try and set up business there, whether that's to retire to, um, I know you're saying like the, you've got the younger contingent and then maybe like the older contingent. He was talking about like political stability, like crime rate, that sort of stuff. Like is there, I suppose from that question, what I, obviously political stability will be kind of broader but like Mm -hmm. even with crime rates and things like that is there any particular locations you advise maybe people to go check out first or yeah depending on the kind of lifestyle they're trying to gain by that move to costa rica
0: sure well i mean most people the majority are looking for like a beach lifestyle or, or beach slash jungle lifestyle uh in costa rica so that's almost all um so if you're beach it's it's usually the pacific side is the most desirable uh that's up in guanacaste that's the northern uh pacific coast and there are lots of great spots there's you know i'd say at least five spots that i would totally recommend in guanacaste um a lot's going to depend on you know your budget and what you're looking for if you have kids okay you need the schoolings you need this sort of stuff um as you get down a little bit further south uh manuel antonio which i lived for you know eight or nine years is a fantastic spot it's the most um the most visited national park in Costa Rica. So the monkeys are there. Um, I mean, the monkeys just come up to your house. It's incredible.
1: <laughs> My um, kids would love that.
0: <laughs> I mean, actually this is, you know, as I said, we were there a couple of weeks ago. This is the best time ever because there are almost no people. Mm. Um, so like the jungle and everything, it's like it's just, the wildlife is insane. Alive. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. And, um, you know, that's the beauty of Costa Rica and that's the best part of Costa Rica is the, the na- natural environment. Um, so but with that i mean there are other spots too like the caribbean's got like one small town which is kind of cool and if you like the caribbean vibe uh that's really nice over there and i know a lot of people i know that's their favorite spot uh, Mm -hmm. because it does have that like caribbean feel to it um and then there are the random people who want to live in the mountains in a cooler environment um Mm -hmm. like up by arenal uh where the volcano is and stuff like that and people who want like i know a guy i actually interviewed him on a podcast he has like a permaculture farm, you know, so that's more of when you get people who want to like live off the grid or, you know, live yeah. off the land or get back to nature and you get a community going or all those sort of people tend to live more in the center kind of spine of the country. Cause that's where it's more lush, it's cooler, it's much better for farming. And so you get kind of those lifestyles, um, yeah. usually along the center portion of Costa Rica. Um, And there are a lot of people who do that. It's just not nearly the numbers. Most people are looking for kind of the beach uh, vibe of Costa Rica. And there are a lot of great spots for that.
1: Yeah. I think, um, as I mentioned, the kind of Netflix series I was watching, uh, there was a lot of um, focus on maybe like the the Mm eco-villages and the, um, well, particularly they looked at a school, uh, Casa Sula, which I, I think when I looked at the map, it was kind of down that kind of central spine. Mm -hmm. um see i have this real issue that i think i want that lifestyle a bit more kind of you know one with nature and things like that but then i'm so not green-fingered like all plants around me die and it's just like uh.
0: well i mean i look at it this way it's like you know the great thing about costa rica is they have really good farmer markets you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and that is like i would you know Again, it's like, have you farmed before? Okay. Well, maybe you, maybe you have a little – start with a little garden. Start there. <laughs> yeah. um, but actually, one of the funny things I, – I used to watch like House Hunters International years and years ago. And I'll never forget one where this couple had moved to like Italy. And they were actually moving back to Great Britain. and uh. were, <laughs> So they had bought like an olive farm and okay. were doing like sustainable agriculture, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. the woman was like, you know what? I just want to go to the store and buy my tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This you is know, a- and there's something to be said for that. And that's where I am yeah. in my life. But I, I get it. When I first moved to Costa Rica, I was like, I want to live off the land. I want to do this and that. You know, your priorities. I, I'd say anybody who's looking to move international and do something like that, understand and be flexible with yourself to understand that you may, that may be where you start, uh, but that mm-hmm. may change over time. Uh, yeah. I always wanted to live at the beach. I lived at the beach for, almost two decades here in manuel here in costa rica and in the virgin islands in the caribbean i love the beach but i was ready to move on we had our kid you know we wanted more interaction with other people Mm. so now we live just outside of san jose you know better schooling better access to just stuff in general and more people uh was and i never thought i'd live in a city if you had asked me at 25 oh you'll live in a city i'd be like are you crazy i'll never live in a city but yeah you change
1: yeah that's uh it's it's interesting because like um as i mentioned to you at the beginning like we live about 30 minute train ride outside of london i love going into the like the big city but obviously that's our biggest city you know it's the capital but um you know we technically live in a city it was a town when i first you know was born here we got city status back in 2012 and um and it's weird like there's so many things that kind of start coming when you become a city like Uh, unfortunately like homelessness more crime or you know just uh, and unfortunately at the moment uh, a lot of shops that are closing and you know there's unfortunately you know yeah it's not quite giving us maybe the lifestyle we want at the moment Um, Mm -hmm. interesting enough like our children are quite young you know just three and three and two or nearly three nearly two Um, and so I was looking at like a lot of the, the I suppose the lifestyle element of Maybe just a bit more relaxed, like a bit more chilled. Um, uh, I quite like some of the alternative schools that, again, uh, happen to be mentioned in this kind of Netflix. But So that would be quite interesting in terms of like what would be the the kind of the normal schooling system there um, as opposed to maybe some of the stuff I've looked at that might be a bit more alternative.
0: Sure. Like for schooling, um, most, and I mean basically anybody who can afford it uh, sends their children to private schools. That's okay. universal in Costa Rica. Any, any Costa Rican who can afford it sends their kids to pu- private schools. The okay. public school system for all of Costa Rica's boasting about the literacy rate is atrocious. Okay. And so the moment somebody can afford it, they're sending their kids to private. And uh, what, sort of you, what sort of fees would you be looking at for that? So private school generally, you're going to pay at least $500 a month uh, okay. for, per child. Uh, and that can go way over $1,000 a month. There are schools yeah, here yeah. that are over $20,000 a year. Um, you know, for like here in the city, you know, but I don't know what they call like these international schools. Yeah. Um, certainly those are all at the thousand. We pay like, I don't know, 850 for our child's school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's expensive. Costa Rica, for those who don't know, is an expensive country. Um, mm-hmm. It gets back to this kind of political, political stability issue Costa Rica mm-hmm. is very stable. It's seen as very stable. So mm-hmm. money comes into Costa Rica and okay. investment money, a lot of people say a lot of drug money uh, comes <laughs> into Costa Rica as a place to park money. And yeah. so, I mean, there's still building going on like crazy in San Jose and you're like, who's, who's living in these giant condo towers? Like the condo tower market is completely flooded. Mm-hmm. Um, but my lawyers and people in the know will be like, oh no, that's just drug money. And I'm like, what? what? And they're like, no, no. What they do is, and I, I know this to be true because it was reported in the news years ago. But literally, they just bring in stacks of cash, and I mean, like truckloads full of cash. Like, okay. I remember they stopped one time from the Nicaragua border, like a truck with like five million dollars in the tires, right? They literally just bring in cash. They they buy land for cash, and then they put up giant high rises or or malls or whatever with cash. And whether or not they ever rent them or sell them doesn't matter because then they can launder more money through okay. those you know, things. So, there, so all that stuff has kind of risen the, the price of everything. Not just that, right. but, but it's a desirable location and all the rest of it. And so, yeah, it's expensive to live here. That's not to say you can live cheap. And I do know people who live cheap. But if you want to live like the same lifestyle you're living in Britain, or I want to live the same lifestyle as I lived in the US or whatever, uh, it's pretty much as expensive as you would pay back Yeah, home. Um, yes, but you can do it cheaper. I mean, there are certain things that are way cheaper. Um, you know, we have a four bedroom house here in the city. It costs $1,000 a month, right? Amazing. That's way cheaper than we could do in the States. You know, yeah. certain things like that are way cheaper. A, um, a maid for your house. You know, that's going to be $1,000 a month, way cheaper, you know. Um, other things like cars are way more expensive, you know. So right. they're just certain things. Um, yeah. But, you know, you can't have a great lifestyle here as long as you have kind of a money source. Um, money source. yeah. And for as far as your, the thing about safety, uh, mm-hmm. I consider Costa Rica to be very safe, mm-hmm. knock on wood, as of now. Uh <laughs> And, you know, living at the beach and communities I've been, I've never felt unsafe. Nope. Uh, but that said, we always say, use caution just like any other place, especially if you're in a city or whatever, but yeah. I could walk out my house right now and not feel, I, I've never felt threatened or unsafe, um, yeah. you know. That's cool.
1: That's cool. Um, it's quite interesting because I, uh, I remember, again, another episode of yours, I was listening to you about the fact of like you know the buying renting thing and it's quite interesting there's a real divide here in that UK has this thing about you know wanting ownership and that all landlords are scum of the earth and all this sort of stuff and it's just like actually you know having you know invested in property like eight years now um, I just think like the system I think people don't appreciate the system that we have got um, or available to us should I say in the fact that we can rent we can not have to you know save up huge deposits and put loads of capital aside and things like that um sure. so i was thinking like here like where i am so it's it, south south of the uk which is always a bit more expensive than north north of england and things like that um so yeah we were in a four bed detached uh just me recently but and that was like two and a half thousand pounds sure so yeah a thousand then for a four bed detached like you know in the middle of a city as well like that's insane but then how much would it be to kind of buy that sort of place
0: so i was thinking that's where the metric goes completely crazy right okay this house if she if our landlord tried wanted to sell it she'd probably want you know three hundred fifty thousand dollars for it Mm. like it that metric almost never makes sense and i that's why i advise people look man just rent the rents are crazy if you're willing to negotiate you can get crazy good rents um not to say there are not people trying to charge you know $3,500, $4,000 Thirty-five hundred, four thousand dollars for homes. Like our house, not this one, but the we we've moved a few a few times. We had one that we lived in for six years. It was the greatest deal ever. The guy <laughs> literally this the house price. Like we wanted to buy it because we love the house and stuff. Is three hundred seventy-five thousand. He wasn't budging off that price. I didn't have cash. I was like, look, let me do like a tried to work like a owner finance deal. Never mm-hmm. worked out. He wanted when we. Before we rented it, he wanted $3,500 a month. He was asking that for like over a year. It sat idle. Um, Molly, my wife, went up with the real estate agent. You usually rent properties through real estate agents here. It's just kind of the way it's done. But went up, looked at the pro- property, and, and my wife's like, Look, we can't, we're not even close. Um, the best we can do is $12,50. And we put the offer in and they accepted it. We lived there for six years, for 1250 <laughs> And that 1250 included a, basically a, a halftime gardener, which would cost another $600. So basically, when you, when you think about it, we were paying $650 a month for that place. It was Amazing. ridiculous. I, I would have literally, if the guy was like, I want a 100 year lease, I'd have been like, woof, signed, because yeah. it was so, so awesome. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, you're like, I'll will this over to my son or yeah, like my, children, exactly. like my
1: grandchildren. I yeah, mean, I but care.
0: that's as long as you're, if you're patient, right? And you have mm-hmm. time and you can negotiate. There are a lot of people, a lot of places who are like, no, we don't. Our price is our price. Our price is our price is our price. And stuff will go unrented for years. It's insane when you see it from a, I'm a property owner too. But from that perspective, I always think it's insane, but yeah. it happens all over Costa Rica. But you can find people who just want to rent their place. They just want to make some money. And yeah, yeah th- there's always uh, Oh, – we've always been able to get fantastic deals.
1: Nice. Cool. A deal to be done then. Okay, oh, yeah. cool. Um, so if someone wanted to come and try out Costa Rica, I appreciate – probably not right now. Um, but when everything's kind of opened up and a bit more normal, whatever this normal is going to be yep. – um where would you say, okay, like, would it be worth checking out a few different spots in like a trip?
0: Yeah, Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, if you can come for three weeks to a month, that's like ideal. Uh, Three weeks is a great amount of time. Uh, And just before you come narrow it, okay, say I want want to do the Pacific, I want to see the Pacific. Mm -hmm. And you can spend a week in three or four spots and get the feel for the community and the people. Look at the schools, talk to them about it. If you have kids, and get a feel for the place. Like that's the thing you want. You know, you want to be able to feel like what the vibe is like in the towns mm-hmm. and feel if you connect with that. Like that's the way to do it. Come yeah. down, feel out places, and then say, okay, this is where we're going to rent. And you just do Airbnbs. I think it's actually a great time to come because <laughs> you could get deals. Like I mean, this is deal time right now. It's like yeah. it's gonna, you'll never have a better opportunity to get come on the cheap than right now. Yeah, um, true
1: actually. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking 100%. like I'm just thinking if you get a flight in and an okay insurance then
0: yeah. yeah. No, I mean your Airbnbs, your hotel, I mean if the hotels are even open, but Airbnbs mm. ever nobody's making any money. Uh so I think it's a fantastic time to come mm. if you have time in your hands, you're not stressed about working and stuff like that and you just yeah. want to explore. Oh, it's great. I mean literally we were in Tamarindo which is on the northern Guanacaste uh place it's actually for beach communities. It's probably the most famous beach community in Costa Rica. It was made famous by the movie *Endless Summer*. You know, back in the '70s and '80s, super famous spot. It's normally packed to the gills with people. I mean, packed to the gills. Just you, you, you're driving down the street. There are cars and people and everything. We were there a month ago. I mean, it was like the 1960s. Empty. It's a ghost town. You know, you could go out surfing. Nobody's in the wave. There's no people. Right. Um, so in that way, if you want to experience Costa Rica, like 30 years ago, this is it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Tempting. <laughs> I'm like, oh, let's see what can make happen. Cool. <laughs> um, obviously I appreciate like it was a while ago since moving to Costa Rica and obviously you were in the British Virgin Islands before that. Did you say? In the
0: U S virgins, right U- next US to the Virgin British, Islands. my favorite, but yes. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> we lived in the U S virgins, which was right next door.
1: Okay, cool. So what for you or maybe it's been since you've been living there, but's been the best thing about
0: moving to costa rica like
1: what has what it given you that maybe the states couldn't have given you or maybe we can 't get here in the u k whatever i'm sure, sure weather's one of them but
0: <laughs> uh, i think I think you know it's the simple, easy answer, which is nature uh, is <laughs> the most amazing thing about Costa Rica um, The people are actually wonderful people too. I say that and kind of My gut, my feeling is everywhere I've traveled, people are awesome everywhere. So it's kind of like, ah, they're great in Costa Rica. Yeah, they were great in France and they were great in the Virgin (laughs) Islands. I I mean, I like people everywhere, right? I mean, it's not like, I mean, everybody says the the Ticos are awesome and they are. They're great people. So that is a nice, uh, certainly welcome benefit. There's no hostility to foreigners. (laughs) Um, That's something you will get a bit like in the Caribbean where there's kind of a resentment to foreigners or you know new people uh you don't get that in Costa Rica which is really nice mm. um you get a i mean of course everywhere you get a little bit of pushback um but I know a friend of mine good friend of mine lives in New Zealand he gets way more pushback in New Zealand than I ever get in Costa Rica right uh you would think oh New Zealand New Zealanders are so friendly mm, not when I've been there like it was a different world in New Zealand wow. I, I was not expecting that and I've never had that feeling in costa rica never yeah um, so yeah. yeah that's
1: good yeah. well we have a bit of a 50 50 divide over here hence why hence why we've now got brexit and <laughs> <why we're- laughs> but, uh yeah i've just got too many friends that are just from all over the world and you know sure. essentially migrants or you know whatever they yeah. want to be called but um you know i wouldn't call them immigrants still like you know they've made this place their home um yeah so, yeah, I'm glad most of them are getting to stay in this. Field, yeah, you know, the, what's the difference that?
0: between an immigrant and an expat? Money, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I, we call ourselves expats, but really I'm an immigrant, right? I mean, you know, that's what it is, right? Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard a few. Uh, uh, it depends
1: kind of what angle you look for, but I'm sure uh, sometimes the color of your skin helps as well, maybe oh, a little bit. Of I'm stuff. sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because I joke about it because, you know, we for – you know, uh, how old Owen? So my son is uh, 13 years old. We've been here 20 years. So for the first seven, eight years, you know, we would do the visa runs and lived as a perpetual tourist, which yes. your listeners can do that completely. Uh, yes. This is the way literally thousands of people live in Costa Rica. Is um, that the
1: kind of 90-day rule? I think yeah, I did when that when I was in Thailand.
0: Rica, you basically get a 90-day visa. Mm-hmm. You leave before the 90 days and you come back in, you get a fresh 90-day visa. And you can do that indefinitely, literally people do it for decades. Wow. Um, Is there a risk that that would stop at some time or that you would get in trouble? There's a very, very slim risk. Uh, I know nobody who's been um, consistently doing that and gotten into any sort of trouble or got into any sort of problems. You just got to keep it current. Many people go to Nicaragua, Panama, the easy next door neighbors uh, to do that kind of run or you can fly to Miami. A lot of people do that so they can do shopping. Uh, you can get inexpensive flights to Miami. So that's the typical thing. Right now with uh COVID, I heard they're still doing ninety days. Um okay. so we'll see how that goes. That, you because know, it's is gonna be a little bit challenging, I think, for people to get flights in between yeah. countries. So that could be something to be aware of if you were coming to do that. Mm. Um Okay. So but yeah, yeah Costa Rica's good point. They're, for all the rules, Costa Rica's kind of known for having a bunch of rules that they don't enforce. Okay. Um, that's a kind of running theme and running joke in Costa Rica. It's like, oh great, here's a new set of laws that they're gonna do nothing with. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, I tell people, look, when we were back on our old, like leave 90 day visa, we went for months, like years at a time not leaving and nothing ever happened to us. I'm not to say we were just young and stupid too, <laughs> but nothing ever happened we always came back in it was never a problem we always worried about it but nothing ever happened um, yeah. and people will say oh what's the best way to get residency in costa rica uh and i say anchor babies uh much like uh, people who are moving to the states want to have anchor babies that's the way we had our uh we had our son here yeah um, and it was the we had resident we were able to get residency previously through like convoluted means that took years uh, having our son here was the easiest, simplest way. Um, if you are thinking about having a baby and thinking about Costa Rica, come on down, have a baby. <laughs> easiest way.
1: And did you say it's a, a socialist system with the, uh, a social system with the, uh, healthcare, with, over with there? The healthcare,
0: you yep. are required if you're a resident and stuff to pay into this system. Right. Um, if you work here like I do, I have a, you know, regular job here in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Um, you pay a certain amount of your taxes every every month to that healthcare system. There's no opting out. Uh, Most people who can afford it have additional kind of private insurance Mm -hmm. because like most social systems, there are massive flaws and weights and nightmares around it. Um, You know, we keep it as basically our worst case scenario Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, insurance, right? You know, because you don't want to, I mean, the reality is, is most people don't want to go and wait in line all day to get a doctor's appointment. Like, I don't want to do that. Right. No. So we'll pay, we just pay out of pocket for everything. And and actually out of pocket medical care is actually really reasonable here. It's very okay. inexpensive. Um, it's very inexpensive. And uh actually we just discovered this service. It's not insurance. Basically it's a discount card okay. uh, called MediSmart. And so it's like, I wanna say it's 12 bucks a person. So we pay like 30 bucks a month for all three of us. Um, and the, the really great thing about it, so it's always discounted. And the first time I used it, <clears throat> so you don't even have to own it until you like are ready to use it. Like you don't even buy it until you're like ready to go to the doctor. You buy the thing online, it takes five minutes, you buy it, you put in your code, they give you a list of doctors to select from, you select when you book this thing all online, right? I show up to the appointment, um, so the card cost me 12 bucks, right? And mm-hmm. I show up to the appointment. It was, I don't know, I had like a chest cold. This was right at the start of COVID. Um, <laughs> chest cold, but I want to so make sure, like I don't have it, right? I show up and I, I go through the whole deal and, and then I'm going to pay him. Like how much is it? And he's like 2,500. And I was like, well, what? 2,500. So this is 2,500 colones, basically like $4.50. Oh Wow. This really, I mean, normally it would at least been like a hundred dollars, right? Okay. $0.50 plus the 12 bucks, this cost me $16. Wow, this is amazing. But now what we've really learned is that, oh no, and they'll do home visits. So my wife who has some health issues, you know, cause she needs to get her blood checked and stuff like this. Yeah. Home visits, it's $20 for a home visit. And they'll draw blood. They'll do all that sort of stuff at home for $20. Woo! We're in. I mean, that's nah. like, it's it's amazing. So when you talk about like benefits of like lifestyle and stuff, that's something that's like, that's a recent discovery of mine. And it's like, this is fantastic. I'll never go to the yeah. doctor again. Like this is yeah. incredible. <laughs> it's like yes, so. delivery like you just why would I ever go to a doctor if the doctor can come to me <laughs> Come to me yeah
1: well yeah I mean obviously very similar system obviously we're paying into the NHS through our like national insurance and you know taxes and stuff like that here yep. um yeah we like we've had like top-up systems and yeah there's lots of different ways you can do it kind of here but um yep. yeah I think just just from the fact that you're saying about you know come over here get an anchor baby and stuff like that I'm sure I had a a friend, she happened to be in the States when she was pregnant. She uh baby arrived early. It was like a hundred thousand dollars or something. Um to have this baby. I was like, dig. It's a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what the hell? Um she's like obviously their metal, you know, their insurance covered it, their their um holiday insurance covered it, but I was just like Dear God, like that—that's probably not where you want to suddenly have a baby unexpectedly and not be covered. Like, it's yeah, hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. she's like, it's we got a
0: preemie. Ball. It's in like intensive care. I, Forget I it.
1: Why not? I don't think like much. of it. I just remember her saying like, yeah, we we, we messed up a little <laughs> bit there. Like, we went a bit too close. But yeah, I was like, okay. Um, but that's really interesting. So, the, uh were there any kind of challenges that either at the beginning when you first moved or any challenges that maybe people don't are not obvious like obviously we talked about the kind of trying to earn your income outside because although the it's on par probably in terms of you know lifestyle and the amount you're going to need Mm -hmm. to maintain that lifestyle you can't get the jobs to support that um and is there a rule still the it's jobs have to go to the Costa Ricans first is that still the
0: Well, I mean, realistically, if you're a foreigner in Costa Rica, it's going to be very difficult for you to work work legally. A a lot and lots of people work illegally or off the books. That's all over um, and very prevalent. Yeah, Uh, I'm
1: sure. So so, in terms of challenges, obviously, then I suppose it's like, well, the first challenge is make sure you've got some income
0: mm -hmm.
1: outside, but then were there other challenges Things you have to get used to, little things. I think I saw one of your uh, stories the other day about not leaving sugar on the side. Obviously, that would be something <laughs> we just wouldn't even think about here in the UK. Like, you know, um, But yeah, any other things like that that you're just like.
0: Well, the, an- the lessons are endless. Um, <laughs> the hardest thing for most people, myself included, is the language, right? Um, because it's Spanish-speaking country, uh, adapting to that is if you're, you, know, you butcher the language like I do, it's hard, <laughs> uh, and there's no way around that. Mm-hmm. Um, other than just getting better, right? There's no way around that. And we were actually handicapped by living at the beach because when you do live at the beach, because people deal with tourists all the time, most people actually speak English. Right. Um, so it's only when you start having to do like stuff that deals with the bureaucracy and licensing and all that sort of stuff that those people actually, because they're not dealing with tourists, they're dealing with only Ticos, that then you do have to speak Spanish and then it gets hard. Um, And so for that, like if you were actually starting a business here, uh, you just have to get help. There's just no way around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you speak fluent Spanish, you have to get help yeah. um, because, you know, and I can point people, if people contact me, happy to point them in the direction of lawyers and stuff like that. Cool. It can help walk you through stuff because there's just no, to try to do it yourself is a fool's errand. Like why waste the time, money, resources, your your mental health to try and do stuff that you don't know how to do. I mean, even yeah. if you're in Britain and you need to go get a new driver's license, like if I just moved to Britain from India, how do I do this? Right? It's not worth your time to try and figure that out.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: for not much money, you can get people to help figure it out for you. Um, yeah, that's just lessons learned. You know, I'm so used, when we first moved here, you know, we were moved here 20 with almost no money. We're bootstrapping the entire thing. We have no money to pay anybody to do anything. It just makes it really, really, really hard, you know. Yeah. Um, my standard kind of piece of advice to people moving here is, like, people are like, well, should I buy anything? Should I just wait? Like, I had, I actually was talking with like this with a couple, and they were coming down, and they were, they weren't exactly sure where they wanted to live, but these were like, they were like triathlete type, awesome in shape people. And I was like, so, you know, let's talk about what kind of car you guys are going to get. And they're like, oh, no, we're not getting car. And I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, no, we're just going to, we're just going to (laughs) bike. And I was like, wait a minute. What are you talking about? I'm like, you're thinking of living in Manuel Antonio. Manuel Antonio is basically one giant mountain. Like, yeah, but we want to get in shape and we just want to bike around. And I'm like, no, you don't. Like, that is, No. (laughs) Like the first thing you should buy when you land in Costa Rica and you know you're going to be here for a while, you should buy a car immediately. Like don't uh-huh. wait. Like buy a car immediately. There are two things you want to buy immediately in Costa Rica, a car and a washer dryer. Like those things you have to have. Like your lifestyle immediately got 90% better just by those <laughs> two things. Like if you don't have those things, and the reason I know is because I lived without those things, uh, your lifestyle just went to the toilet, right? Because now you're dependent on the bus to get around. That means you can't go to the cool beaches. It means it's gonna be a hassle every time you wanna take a little trip. You know, you just don't wanna do that. Like, yeah. those are like the things you want and those are the things that are gonna make your life so much better, you know? Cool. Cause it's awesome. Cause Costa Rica is such a small country. You can go to a new beach in 15 minutes, you know? Or you can go down the road, you know, you get yourself a four by four and you can go to the cool, you know, waterfall but yeah. you can't if you're on public transport or you're riding a bike.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's quite fun. Uh, yeah. Cause my husband would probably be like, I'll just run everywhere. Like he, looks, <laughs> I just, he's yeah. He's a nutter. When it comes I'm reminded,
0: to I'm reminded like when I, when <laughs> I was moving to the Virgin islands, so I'm an idiot out of college. It's this pre-internet, right? I'm literally at the Chicago public library trying to look up, like if I can even work in the Virgin islands, like I, I, there's no information. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm literally like, oh, well, it's only two miles wide. It's 13 miles long and two miles wide. I'll just get a, a good mountain bike. Like I'm good to go two miles. Like, I'll bike everywhere. I didn't know that it was like straight, like it's literally this giant mountain, you know? <laughs> so it's like, no, you got to know the local terrain.
1: You got to mm-hmm. know it. You know? Yeah. This is the, this is that um, no, it's, it's quite interesting. You say like, obviously just pay someone to like figure this stuff out for you, especially if you're not you know, fluent in Spanish. And even if you are, you know, it's just different rules, right. And different regulations and, you know, paperwork and bureaucracy. Um, yeah. And funny enough, you know, that's the whole, my podcast leverage lifestyle is all about. It's like, if there's someone who can do it better for you, uh, just get them to do it. Like don't even, you know, outsource it, outsource it. Like,
0: yeah. Pe- it I mean, people really, and this goes to rich people I know who have plenty of money. They value their time at zero. Mm -hmm. And no matter how much you talk to them about it, it's still zero. And, you know, I don't have anything to say to those people. Like you are what you are. You think your time's worth. I I put my time at far more than zero. And so if I can find somebody to do something for me uh, that's less than my going rate, I'm absolutely going to do it to allow me to concentrate and put my time and energy into something that I want to do or that will help me in some way. At least that's what I try to do.
1: Yeah, well, this is it. Like, you know, I'm talking to you from the point of view of, uh, you know, I haven't, ne- I've never been to Costa Rica before. It came up on like my radar. I was like, well, where do I go and get this information from? Obviously, the the great thing now is that we do have the internet. We do have social media. We have podcasts. Um, you know, that was my go-to. That it wasn't just like sitting in front of YouTube channels. It was like I just want to like plug someone into my head and get their real life experience. That's the cool thing. Like, yeah, I always wonder like, you know, what did we do before Google and that we could find people's podcasts or find, you know,
0: all this information. Honestly, there. I tell like I tell people now, look, like you are living in the most, ma- especially kids, because they don't, re- they don't recognize it because they've always lived in this environment. Yeah. But you're a 20 something kid right now. It's the easiest time in the world to literally do whatever you want. And I understand it's difficult to figure out what you want. Like, I get that completely. But if you want to move to Costa Rica, move to Costa Rica. Like it, like... I don't know what to do. Dude, buy a plane ticket and come on down. Like it's it's literally that easy. Uh, and, you can figure out all the other stuff just by typing into Google. How do I do this? What do I do here? How do I get this? How long is it? You know, you can, all the answers are there basically. Uh, and if not, you can find people like me who are happy to jump on a call. <laughs> like it's not hard, right? I mean, it's it's, cool. it's really, it's a magical time. You can get on Facebook. You can go in Facebook groups and ask Basically any question and they guess what they've already been an- asked. You can actually just search and find pretty much the answer. Uh, right. And I mean, then Adam won't be in the comments with all his like read and all those bad comments. And I warn people like be careful in <laughs> those Facebook groups because they get brutal here in Costa Rica. <laughs> they get brutal. Like go ahead and join them, but put your thick skin on because the moment you say I'm thinking of coming down and working down there, get ready for the hate. You can't come down. <laughs> can't steal jobs you're a bad person right <laughs> you gotta get ready get ready or just observe and don't don't yeah. get involved but yeah those those groups can get a little bit uh it's social <laughs> this, media right this is yeah it. well, it's the good and the bad it.
1: oh well this is it like I'm, I'm thinking back to like when i first went traveling god it must have been like 2007 i want to say something like that like maybe even before that um and I went like to Southeast Asia, then I came back for a couple of months and then went over to the East Coast of America. And yeah, like Facebook pretty much it was only just, you know, obviously it went to universities first and things like that. And, you know, it took a while to come out to the UK. Um, but yeah, it was like it was, I made a profile just before I went traveling because I was yeah. going traveling and wanted to keep in touch with people. Like that must mind blow, so, like, like <laughs> these younger generations. And I don't, you know, I don't even feel that old at all, but I do think, you know, just there was one computer in a classroom when I was at school. Like it was like how things have exponentially grown and what that affords us all. And, you know, just that we can just chat on a podcast and people around
0: the world can hear. it. I mean, it's, you know, I don't want to get too philosophical here, but it (laughs) it gets to this point of um, where we are in this, uh, the idea of a matrix uh, idea where life is so good that we begin chewing on our own tails because we're bored. And that is real. Like, I know that for a fact is real. Uh, we had the chance to exit a company and I basically didn't work for three years. I know for a fact that having this kind of free time or time to begin contemplating your own existence can basically begin to drive you insane. And I think that's a little bit about what we've got going on in the world right now mm. is that certainly in the Western world, to a large degree, uh, we're so well off, we're so fortunate compared to any person in history yeah. um, that we begin chewing on our own tails. Like, just, what am I, wait, 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 what's going on? What's Trump doing today? What's, what's bad today? And it's like, wait a second. You are literally the most pampered person... Basically in the history of the world. If you talk Mm. to your grandfather about the lifestyle you lead, he'd smack you in the face because you are living like a (laughs) king right now. Like I recognize it. I live like a complete king,
1: Mm. like
0: on $5,000 a month, like a complete ridiculous king, right? I recognize it. It doesn't make me happy necessarily, right? (laughs) And that's the kind of thing you recognize when you have enough experience in this life and what we're doing here and with lifestyles. And I've wanted, like when I moved to the Virgin Islands, it was like, dude, I wanted to live the dream. I wanted to eat coconuts and live on the beach. I get it. I wanted that lifestyle too. But then you recognize that you're still there and Mm -hmm. you still might not be satisfied. Like I pretty much tell everybody, you're not going to be satisfied. That's kind of the – at least for me, that's like my nature state is like unsatisfaction, right? (laughs) And I just recognize that, oh, no, that's my brain just churning on it. Like this is the survival mechanism, right? Mm. It's just churn, 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 fix, 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 do, do, do because that's the way, you know, this computer that's my brain has worked through history to keep our species alive, right? Yeah, It's still doing its job, right? But if I don't occupy that with something to do, like building a new business, creating a new podcast, doing TikToks, whatever it is, if I don't do that, I become a miserable person. And so (laughs) for me, I've morphed my life from wanting to live on the beach and do nothing to want to build stuff and try to make impacts and and do things Uh, that are big. Yeah. Doesn't always work. Stuff fails all the time. But- (laughs) I I'm recognizing that now. And that's part of my change from when I moved, first moved to Costa Rica mm-hmm. through to today where I'm a completely different person in that, that, that way of being, I still kind of have this dream of like, Oh, hitting it big and retiring and stuff like that. But I recognize too that doing that, uh, I'm just going to have to actually occupy myself with something or I just, it's not a good place to be as a human.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting. Like, uh, I think uh, there's sometimes this misnomer maybe with my podcast and like this idea of this freedom and choice and people think, you know, it's about travel and sitting on the beach and drinking your cocktails or you, you know, your coconut water. And I'm really, it's trying to say, look, no, it's more about leveraging, uh, you know, your network, your resources, um, and trying to live to your highest values and recognizing that throughout your life those values will change dramatically so it's not like set in stone it it's it's it ebbs and flows and you know especially when you have children that's going to change the dynamic again like once you've lived the beach lifestyle you'll be like okay I, i've done this now like i want something different again uh, and that's okay and i think one of the things i love whenever you know, either I'm being interviewed or I'm interviewing and stuff like that. I know we've got a bit of a, a, collaboration episode here is cool. Is the sense that we get to learn from all these people now about what it could look like. And mm-hmm. then you go, do I want that? Like, is that something I want? And then it's like, okay, if it is great, cause I now know like I can listen to this person or I can go and find out more about what they do and, and, and tap into that even more. So this yep. is why it was like just great to, to get you and have this interview and stuff because yeah. it's like, well, I just want to tap into like what would it actually be like to live in Costa Rica before, you know, all the other stuff that I have to, you know, would have to go through to to make that happen.
0: Yep. Oh, and what I mean just to continue on what you're talking about too, it it's like and that ability to change multiple times in your life uh was never really an option for people even 30 mm. years ago. You know, my dad had the same job from the time he graduated college, worked for the same company until they fired him at 55 years old, right? Like, that's the way the world was 30 years ago. Now, it's scarier, I'd say, it's definitely scarier. Mm -hmm. It may be harder uh, for us emotionally, but the flexibility to actually do what you want uh, is available now, and that was never possible in the history of humankind. Like, it was Mm -hmm. never, it was possible for a very, very, very select few. If you were one of, you know, you were a Rockefeller kid, or you're, you know, you're a Carnegie kid, you can do whatever you want, right? You could go to France, mm, right? Point, yeah. I know people who work at Burger King and go to France, right? I mean, this is like, this is possible now for a, a huge swath of our world to actually live the lifestyle they want or mm-hmm. the dream they want. Um, it doesn't mean it's gonna be easy, but it's po- completely possible. Mm. Um, and so, I, you know, I always tell people, look, this is the greatest time ever in the history of the world. Even with COVID, this is the magical time. Yeah. Uh, but it's, what are you going to do? That, it puts all the responsibility on the person, on the individual. And that is really hard to take. And I get it because it's hard for me. I mean, it's yeah. hard for everybody I know. Yeah. Um, the infinite option universe, which we've created for ourselves as a society, um, leads to a lot of dissatisfaction because you don't know. You never can be certain if you've made the right choice. You can never be certain if this is the right path, right? There's zero, there's zero certainty. And so it just, you know, it, it's a lot harder in that respect than it was for our parents or our grandparents, right? Mm, that portion of life is a lot harder. But the ability to choose, um, this is it, I mean. What are you going to choose? <laughs>
1: yeah, this is, a, um, so it's quite interesting. I mean, one of the things like uh, I ask a lot of people, um, and funnily enough, I've just done like a, I've put together a load of clips from people that I've interviewed on Leverage Lifestyle Podcast and like ask them the question, like, what does it mean to them? And it's fascinating, like going back through the answers again. And mm-hmm. so kind of wanted to put that to you because it's like, okay, I'm interviewing, uh, you know, and having this conversation with, with Adam, who's, in Costa Rica, he has the Costa Rica Experience podcast. Like, what would leveraged lifestyle look like to him? Does he think he's living it? Like, that's kind of the question to you, I suppose.
0: Yeah. For me, uh, a leveraged lifestyle is, is sitting down and figuring out what you wanna do <laughs> and then doing it. And um, that, that bravery that's required to do that because most people that I run into are not brave enough to do it. They're just not. Uh, most people are willing, myself included, like at points in my life, I was just, you just go with the flow and you just go, right? And you complain about it and you bitch about it and you just go, right? And sometimes that's dictated by society. Sometimes you have commitments that you have to do. You have kids, you have whatever. And you just got to suck it up and do it. And that sucks, right? But there, for most of us, we do have that opportunity at some point in our lives to make a choice. And- mm-hmm. The ability and the not the ability the bravery to to make that choice and go after your dream, um, that's what it's about for me. And you know it's super hard, and I get it. Um, that's why I try to support people to do, who are making the move and really doing it because I know how difficult it is. Uh, especially if you're trying to change culture, move out of the country, move to a different spot, it's it's scary. Um, but it's the least scary time ever to do it. Like the the. What I don't know, somebody put it as the nerfing of our environment, the softness of it all, right? <laughs> worst case scenario, you put your tail between your legs and you fly back, right? That's like usually the worst case scenario uh, for most people who who try a move to a foreign land. Like if you move to Costa Rica, pretty much the worst case scenario, other than getting stung by a scorpion in Costa Rica, is you're gonna have to go back to the states, try to go back to getting a you know a job that you hate right? That's usually the worst case scenario. And so for me, it's like, dude, take the risk, man, do it. This is your life. This is it, you know? So go for it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that people will often say, oh, well, I'll I'll keep my house in the States or I'll keep this and I'll do that. and I'll just kind of halfway, halfway my move. That way I have a safety net if I need to come back. I am of the definitive mindset that the best strategy is the burn your boat strategy like go all in um sell all your stuff, give it all away, don't give yourself an easy back an easy out because you will take that easy out almost everybody takes the easy out um because moving somewhere new is hard, you know even if you moved across London it would still be it's hard uh new friends new people new everything, and especially when you're coming to a separate a new culture new country new everything um so really you know along that lines I, I recommend you know people you go all in you don't give yourself an easy back because um, hmm. that's going to give you the best chance to make it success a success because you're going to put the pressure on yourself to make it a success
1: yeah I like that I like that that's that's cool um, yeah it's so interesting as soon as we kind of started um, just friends and family we were you know kind of select few we, we were saying you know really enjoying this Costa Rica documentary and like you know Catherine's having a conversation like listen to this podcast and all this sort of stuff and it's like (gasps) like you can't can't leave us like you know you know it's it's going to be hard of course like anywhere but I think you've you know you can move to the other side of the country or anything like that I mean god in America that's a whole you know that's a whole day a whole flight sort of thing but in the UK it's still seen as like this big deal so I, I just think you know with the advent of all these communication technologies we've got you know the ability normally to fly wherever we want and things like that. Like if, if any time to do it, it's,
0: it's, it's now never, right. Never easier. I mean, yeah. Really? <laughs> I mean, when I moved to the Virgin islands 20 years ago, I'd call my parents, you know, once every two weeks, cause it was expensive. <laughs> right. Remember when phone calls were expensive? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a different world. It's literally oh, yeah. a different world. Doesn't mean it's easy. You know, they still want to see their grandkids or whatever. Of course, that's harder. Um, yeah. The one benefit about Costa Rica is that everybody wants to come here. Like when I lived <laughs> in the Virgin Islands, like nobody visited me in the Virgin Islands. Here in Costa Rica, we get visitors all the time. Oh, cool. um, and so it's a little different for you because it's different time zones and stuff. But for us, uh, Costa Rica is an easy flight from the States and we get visitors mm. all the time. Uh, it's easy and it's inexpensive to go back to the States. Um, so there's, there's a lot of benefits about Costa Rica and living in Costa Rica. Yeah. That would be different if you lived in, you know, you know, decided to move to Croatia. You might not get any visitors, but uh, I think you will if you move to Costa Rica, you will get a lot of visitors. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's super desirable location, right?
1: Yeah. Well, this is it. This is it. So, um, a couple more questions that I, it's, they're mainly my husband's questions as well. So, um, he was, so when I started looking at like the climate and stuff over there, so again, this kind of ties in quite nicely. I mean, I'm looking out the window right now and it's gray sky and it's raining and yeah. it's meant to be our summer over here. So, you know, the irony of it, right. But, um, I suppose whenever people think of like, okay, so you have a dry season, a wet season, or like a rainy season in a lot of tropical environments. I'm assuming that doesn't mean it's raining all day long, no. every day for that.
0: No. no, not at all. I mean, typically in rainy season, um, You'll have basically sunny days mm-hmm. and maybe rain at night. That, okay. like when you live at the beach, that's common for the beach. Um, bright sunny days, rainy at night. Most of the beach areas are, are hot, you know, what I would consider hot or humid, uh, 80 degrees, you know, high humidity, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, here in San Jose, it's the best weather like on Earth. It's amazing. Okay. I mean in a T-shirt right now, T-shirt and shorts. <laughs> uh, it gets chilly at night. And by chilly, I mean like sixty degrees is like pretty much the coldest it's going to get, but yeah. enough to where it's like you're not hot, you don't need air conditioning, you don't need heat. I mean, it's it's like perfect temperature. That's cool. Uh, it's one of the best things about San Jose is the temperatures amazing. The climate's amazing. Um, nice. But no, rainy season like that, uh, you usually will have like a week or two window where it does dump all day every day. It's usually like October, November, maybe. Um, okay. But that's basically it. No, rainy season is actually a great time. Uh, cool. to be in Costa Rica for me, other than that, like window of October around there where it can get dicey, where you can get just the rain is incredible. Like you yeah. can't even imagine. Like new rivers and stuff. Like, yeah. Just like, oh yeah. A river where it's raining like an inch an hour or some crazy, I don't even know what's a lot of rain, but mm-hmm. a lot of rain, like yeah. a lot of rain. Like, yeah. You could ever imagine. Like my wife one time left like a, uh, like a Wellington boot outside, you know, we have wellies or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Full, like two days, it was completely full, whatever that, oh, wow. yeah. a foot and a half of rain in two yeah. days, like that kind of rain. It's wow. yeah, That is cool.
1: I think that's the thing, like because I've kind of done some traveling before and we ended up being in Thailand during, you know, kind of off season and like a couple of days, it just like the yeah. road, were rivers, it was mental, like, yeah, that, you just couldn't go out. At all. I said, yep. I typically that October, his birthday month. So, of course, he'll be like, oh, cried out loud. <laughs> <laughs> and then November's Honestly, my when birthday you live month, here, so. though,
0: the rain is actually kind of a welcome. Yeah. Um, to a large degree. It's a yeah. change, right? When every day is perfect, to have a not perfect day is actually like comforting in some way. Or, mm. or I don't know what it is, but it, you it's like the
1: contrast. Yeah. Yeah. The it's contrast.
0: the, you like the contrast. Like today was kind of gray when I got up. I like that. I took the dogs out for a walk and it was like, you know, not just a normal sunny day, a little different.
1: A you know? little different. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's it. Um, you mentioned, obviously, one of the reasons, like, potentially the lifestyle in Costa Rica, like, why people come there is obviously, like, the nature. Uh, that's actually really important to, to me and my family. Like, my kids, are, like, they in love mm-hmm. it. Like, the animals, anything they go nutty for. Um, so, interesting thing came up the other day, uh, literally last night there have been some massive spiders coming in. And so this is obviously massive for the UK, right? But our neighbors are like warning us that they're like things called like false widows or something. I suppose like you had a like black widow spider, but like false widows and probably not meant to be that good. Um, so we like literally behind me, I'm like,
0: please, nothing Wait, there here there? on the
1: screen or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was one in the bedroom last night.
0: So you want the real truth about bugs? And go
1: please, to... please. Yeah. Cause oh, that's a yeah. big deal, right? The real <laughs>
0: truth is you're probably not going to die of a bug bite. Probably not. Uh, i 've never heard of anybody dying of a bug bite um, or anything like that. There may be spiders i've i 've been bitten and stung by just about every bad thing here. Wow. Um, if you are squeamish and you cannot accept bugs or geckos or things in your living environment honestly don 't come to Costa Rica because <laughs> it is they 're everywhere they yeah. everywhere and in massive quantities like i I had somebody at one of our places once was like, there's a gecko or there's like a lizard in my room. What do I do? And I'm like, I don't know. Appreciate it and take a picture because they're like, (laughs) they're everywhere. Yeah. Um, I can
1: deal with that. I can deal with that. Yeah.
0: So like spiders, insects, just like, you know, insects as big as your iPhone, like just (laughs) huge. Like, how's that even possible? It's that big. Like a praying mantis, like this big. It's like, how is that even real? You know, but they are, and uh, they're massive. Um, yeah, it is what it is. And yeah. I mean, for kids, usually if the parents are cool, the parent, the kids are like, "This is incredible!" Like, because it yeah. is the most amazing, like bugs and crazy bugs ever. Um, and I've seen it all, and been stung by just about everything. I've been like scorpions like twice, like within two days, like bam, bam, both times on oh. my, like my big toe um scorpions uh the worst ever was a um in the states we used to play with them they're like fuzzy caterpillars okay right? yeah in the states we would have them and you'd i didn't think anything of it one was cr- i was at an outdoor restaurant one was like crawling up my leg, felt something on my leg and it was just a caterpillar i just like brushed it off and man the fire needles that shot into my hand were like it was super painful that was like more painful than i've put my hand through a um a man of war uh jellyfish like when surfing one time i put my hand through a man of war and that was really bad this was worse than that like that's how painful that thing was. oh wow okay you wear the caterpillar
1: (laughs) you have the caterpillar yeah uh, yeah it's one of their favorite books is the hungry caterpillar so i have to um, remind them these caterpillars are a little bit different yeah
0: i mean realistically the most dangerous um i would say in costa rica is snakes we do have snakes Mm -hmm. um all the jungle locations have snakes um but if you were to get bit um i don't think i've since i've been here i don't think we've anybody's died from snake bite uh because they do actually produce the venom uh or whatever they call it, antidote, antidote yeah. in Costa Rica. Uh, so if you do get bit, you're likely to be treated well and actually survive. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> but I mean, they do have, it's significant. We've caught crazy like um Pellows, which is like the deadly vipers and stuff. We've had a bunch of those on our properties various times and stuff. So, oh, wow. I mean, that's what you're coming for, right? You're coming for the jungle. It's not just monkeys and you know cute stuff. It's also the real stuff too, so. Um, yeah. You know, you I just, think I hey, been... the odds are you will not run into it. Uh, the odds mm-hmm. are, but that said, you still have to be smart. Like if you're walking in the jungle, you know, you got to be smart and stuff.
1: Yeah. I think this is at my, um, I was just thinking when you said like what your attire is, that's like my husband's year round attire is like, he loves wearing his t-shirts and his shorts. And he also wears this like kind of, um, like string f- flip-flops, I suppose you'd call them yeah, yeah, like, but they're yeah. like sports running ones. Yep. Um, yeah. And everyone actually just takes the absolute, you know, Michael out of him uh, around here and just, you know, it, it, he'll be wearing shorts and t-shirt on Christmas day. Like that's, <laughs> and so I was just like, Costa Rica is made for you. Like I just Well, that would be does. yes,
0: hundred <laughs> percent. The only question is if he can deal with the heat, you know, because a lot of people, when it gets to the beach, that the humidity kind of can wreck people. And it does take a while to get adjusted to. That's for mm. sure. Just give yourself some time. Uh, yeah. Anytime I go back to the beach now and I'm like, God, you just melt. Cause I'm used to, you know, 70 degree weather. And yeah. so it does take a little bit of getting used to, but you do get used to it As, and you get more comfortable like sweating, you know, I don't know how to <laughs> describe it other than like, when you walk out of your house and you just start sweating, like for me now, it's so uncomfortable, like I hate that, right? But when you live at the beach, you're like, eh, whatever. You take three showers a day and you know, you move on.
1: <laughs> Dip into the sea or whatever, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I feel like they're kind of most of my uh, questions coming up really there. Um, it's so funny. Like one of the main questions it was, uh, that came up was all about the weather. You can tell these are British people. Like
0: we just, weather is no, such No, the a- weather, honestly, <laughs> you're gonna, it, it, the only way to say it is you're going to love it. It's fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm. The weather's
0: great here. The w- great. weather's great. Even in rainy season, it's great. Um, it's just people are worried usually because what they're doing is they're coming for a week, right? And they don't want their whole vacation to be filled with rain, right? So that's the concern. But when you live here, it's not a concern.
1: Mm, yeah, it's not a yeah, concern. I get that. You know, yeah, that a makes week
0: sense. of rain is like, oh, well, this is a nice respite. You know, but <laughs> I understand it from a, a vacationing perspective, but from living here, no, the weather's fantastic. It's fantastic, yeah, that's and cool. the water's that's fantastic. Cool. Like, if you've been to Mexico or whatever, often the water's cold in Mexico and stuff like that, and the Caribbean it can get cold. Not here in Costa Rica, it's always perfect. Yeah. Cool the water and the waves it's it's got great waves for surfing and stuff uh the pacific is fantastic surf uh surf waves so yeah nice the nice oh, it's, awesome. it's it's yeah. awesome here it's awesome. yeah <laughs>
1: come to costa rica uh <laughs> that's it no it's cool um something came out to my head oh so this is a question i like to ask people that usually i'm interviewing so um I'm just going to put it out to you because we've, we've gone all over the place. I feel like in these conversations, um, especially kind of how we started and then yep. we got a bit philo- philosophical. And, um, so, uh, a question I love to ask, cause I just want to see where people go with it is if you could, if you had a magic wand and you could solve any problem in the world and I appreciate there's a lot going on right now. Mm. Uh, but if you could solve just one problem, what would it be and why?
0: Mm. I would solve the problem of people misunderstanding what capitalism is. Um, Most people that I talk to, good friends, um, almost everybody uh, assumes that capitalism is bad or evil Mm -hmm. or is filled with greedy people who just want to take stuff from other people. And that's not my view at all. Uh, Capitalism actually helps people and Mm -hmm. solves problems for people. And I think if I can wave a magic wand and get everybody to understand that, um, and I think people who've run businesses actually begin to understand that. Uh, So a a subset of that question would be like, oh, get everybody to run a business for six months (laughs) 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 that they're vested in and see how that works. Because I think once you do that and once you actually run those businesses and deal with all the issues of running a business, Mm -hmm. you understand the way the actual core of what creates things in this world, the majority of good stuff that's created are created by individuals who um, wanna build stuff for selfish means, which is they wanna make their life better and the life of their family better. Um, But understanding how that is actually the main driver of good in our world and good things in our world, uh, if I could get people to understand that uh, one thing, that would be my magic wand wave.
1: Nice. I feel like my listeners would quite like that one as well. So that's <laughs> um,
0: Yeah, no, that's good. It's, I, I love
1: asking a question because you just never know what the answer's is going to be. So um, well,
0: the, I have a good. funny story or a crazy story about that. Mm-hmm. I only know this story because the guy wrote like an article about it that I, I, I read, but this was like two decades ago here in Costa Rica. He had, as part of like your compensation to employees, there's like this funding of basically retirement, basically a 401k, but it's, not real nearly as well run as you know in other countries but whatever but the the employees he was matching this money and basically the employees decided to keep that in a giant pool okay so he has like a hotel like eco lodge place so he has i don't know 15 or 20 employees right and he's building up this or they're all building up this nice little nest egg right And this nest egg can be invested just like a 401k, right? They can put it in stocks or whatever. Well, they all get together and they're like, they're living in this small town kind of south of Manuel Antonio. It's like, there's basically one grocery store, which is like a little super. I mean, it's like a, what you would more like think of as like a 7-Eleven or a quick stop, but like, it's just a small grocery store run by uh, an Asian guy You'll learn in Costa Rica, every Asian's called a Chino or a Chinese person, so it was run by a Chino. And everybody in town thought that the Chino was ripping them off, right? Charging too much, the everything's too expensive. Ah, he's just lining his pockets, right? With money, with all our hard-earned money, lining it. So let's open a a super, let's open a little grocery store for us. It's ours. We'll give discounts to us, right? We'll control the price of everything. We'll control everything. We'll get cheaper food. Everybody will be happy. And we'll put Chino out of business because he's ripping them, us all off, right? It's a great idea. Why not? They took their 40 grand or whatever it was. They opened a place. They got out, ever started up. They buh, 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 buh. Six months later, they'd lost all their money. It was shut down. Uh, they basically lost every single penny that they had because they realized and they, hadn't, they didn't do the taxes correctly, they weren't paying their employees correctly, they got fined, they got this, they got that, out of business, lost all their money. He said he's got the best employees. They're, they're the be- he, basically, everybody who is with him has been him, with him for 20 years. They're the best employees. They're appreciative of what he does. They're happy to come to work because they now recognize, oh my God, This is so hard, and it's it completely changed their perspective on what a business is. Mm -hmm. And you know, there, I don't know if you can really impart that to people other than through people running businesses of their own and potentially failing. Um, Mm -hmm. to see how difficult we make it for businesses, how difficult they are, even in a perfect free market capitalist society, which doesn't exist, but how. As a society, we burden uh, people who want to start businesses. We don't support them as a society, at least not in this country, at least not in the States. Nowhere I've been. Do we support people starting businesses? Mm-hmm. Uh, they are now viewed in our society as the bane of existence. Like we're talking about Jeff Bezos and Jeff Bezos a bad guy. And No way. Like I'm standing up and saying, you're wrong. That's <laughs> absolutely incorrect. These guys have made our lives all better and it's not cool to say that, and you get shouted down on social (laughs) media and everywhere else that these, no, these are bad humans, I disagree. Uh, These are the best humans. Uh, These are the people who are making all our lives better, and you agree by purchasing their stuff. Uh, It's the ultimate form of democracy as well. If you don't like Amazon stuff, guess what? We could all put Amazon out of business tomorrow. It would take nothing other than us all stop voting for amazon with our dollars but we don't why because they've done an amazing job and jeff bezos has done an amazing job right we we vote every time we spend a dollar and you know they've all provided services and continue to provide services for us and Mm. so that mindset of what capitalism is um it's hard to to talk to people about it's not cool uh (laughs) it's not i mean in it's amazing how that's one thing I think has been the most, it's just devastating because who wants to be an entrepreneur? Who wants, I mean, entrepreneur in a way went through a little bit of coolness a few yeah. years back, but it's not really cool anymore. Like if you're a rich guy, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I think it's insane. Like, I don't know how as a society we've gotten to the point where successful people are evil. That's just bullshit. It's total fucking bullshit. I I know, I mean, to say they're bad, they're bad. Poor people, they're bad. Everybody, of course, they're good and bad everywhere to say that rich people have taken advantage of people or it's just bull and it's not true. And unfortunately, there's just so few people in our society talking about that as the truth um, that we're being overwhelmed. I mean, it's just a tidal wave of rich people are bad. Uh, Well, fuck that. Fuck that. (laughs) And successful people, who, I mean, are we going to say unsuccessful people are the new fucking heroes? Fuck that fucking bullshit. I just can't even believe that that's our society today where we're like, oh, no, no, the the rich and successful people are the bad people and the fucking homeless people are the good people. What the fuck are we doing? I mean, how is that even in the realm of, how did we move in that direction? Like I said, I literally see articles about how people gave a you know this per this you know homeless person he just well i 'm not saying homeless people are bad, but what are, are we going to make we 're going to make them the fucking heroes, the people who do nothing who create nothing or God help us make the the politicians the, the heroes <laughs> who 've literally created nothing, not helped anybody i mean i just can 't even i don 't even know what kind of conversation? We're not even having a conversation at that point. For mm. me, we're in fantasy land. And, uh, yeah. I, you know, I just feel like there, there's almost none of us. We're on an island uh, and the island is shrunk to basically, you know, one-tenth of one percent of the population. And we're here talking about the benefits of capitalism, the benefits of, of people building things that positively impact people's lives. And we're the enemy. I just.
1: Yeah, I, I, I truly believe like business ca- can be a force for good. there will always be, just like in anything, a small percentage, a minority that might be doing it for, you know, polluting the environment or whatever like that, you know, not, not doing it responsibly. But I do think overall, business and many of the richest people in the world are, you know, giving. The most of their wealth away, you know, the, it's only because they've built that kind of wealth. And I suppose what people are, you know, maybe it's media as well. This is trouble, like, it all gets hyped, doesn't it? And, like, you know, it's us against them and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But I'd like to think most normal people um, aren't trying to say, like, if someone's successful, that's meaning someone else is unsuccessful. Like they've taken it away from that other person. No,
0: but that's, I think, that's, the, current, that's the current bend that the media puts on everything.
1: Exactly, they know yeah. Bill
0: Gates, he stole from, I mean, he just, he stole money. <laughs> Who did he steal it from? No, he created, <laughs> created everything. I'm talking to you because of Bill Gates. I mean, yeah. let's be clear. Like I'm talking to you on the other side of the world because of Bill Gates and a whole bunch of other people like him who built things mm. and to not build things? If we're going to say the, the builders of our world are the bad people, I, we are, I, at that point, we are lost. If, if, if there aren't enough of us saying that that's not true, actually, the builders are the heroes. Um, the builders are the people we're supposed to uh, endorse or be behind or say this is good. Uh, if we're going to make people who build businesses the evils of our society, uh, Boy, I do not want to be around in this. What's going to be left of this society? Yeah, it's a
1: it's, it's a real strange one. I, I I like to keep a very. I feel like if I don't try and society and keep a positive element, like I can easily go down a complete like negative rabbit hole. So I like to overall think that most people are understand that one person's wealth doesn't mean that someone else became unwealthy because of that person. Like. Now the fact that they're saying that Jeff Bezos could become the first trillionaire, it's like he's making that possible. And so then everyone else is, has got to come up like that same way. Right. If, if the fact that anyone can become the first trillionaire, that's saying like, there's more money in the world, there's more abundance, there's more to be had, there's more opportunity. Um, you know, and one of the things with Amazon, I know so many people who have an Amazon based business, like an e-commerce business. And they're making literally tens or
0: hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah literally yeah. tens or hundreds of thousands
1: yeah i'd say even hundreds of, yeah hundreds of thousands like I'm, for I sure mean, i don't even because uh, some will be massive some will be you know tiny little stores
0: but I, I was just thinking i was and i'm looking up i have like a ring light in front of me right this <laughs> ring light i mean i bought like the best one right it was like 90 dollars or whatever delivered <laughs> free from amazon if amazon didn't exist right 15 years ago to buy a ring light the ring light was probably 800 dollars. it's made by one company I don't even know where to get it. I go to go to a special ca- specialty camera store to buy it. Now, every influencer on earth has a ring light. Literally, every, there are millions of ring lights, like millions, all different styles, all different wa- Amazon and the online community we've all built has made this possible, right? Mm-hmm. So now, I mean, you just, I, I don't know how people don't see it, but so many people don't see it. The whole chain, the people who import the ring lights, People in China who make the ring lights, good for them. I want people in China to be rich, right? We don't want people to be poor anywhere in the world. I want rich people everywhere, right? Um, you know, I just don't even, I don't get it. The people who, who say it's bad, good, prove it. Prove mm. it's bad. Stop buying their product. Prove <laughs> you really disagree with the way Amazon's running business. Stop buying on Amazon.
1: I mean, I've got some friends and family who mainly family who maybe interestingly might be seen as alternative. I might be seen as alternative, but like they've decided, okay, maybe I'll go and see what's on Amazon, but then they'll go and try and find the the individual store or something like the Mm -hmm. online thing. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But interestingly, like when we were running our Amazon business, if you came to our website and our store, it linked you back to Amazon, okay, Amazon because we didn't want to have to fulfill it ourselves because it would have cost more for us yeah. to fulfill it ourselves and, you know, have warehouses and all that. Amazon had done all that. So, I mean, obviously we've got on the kind of Amazon train because Jeff is in kind of the news and stuff But I, um, something kind of came to me then about this, this, yeah, just this idea that, uh, I don't know that, yeah, I, I, I don't get it at all if, well, that was it. Sorry, we were saying about this global economy, right? And then we want everyone in the globe to be rich. And this is, this is the thing, like, in some ways with Brexit, like, um, I'm just going to put out of that. I was on the remain side because for me, I see this as like, it's a global economy, right? So why would we want to cut ourselves off from like a partner that's been a great partner for the last how many years and and wasn't before that, you know, we had some difficulties for that. I feel, I feel like everyone's forgotten that, you know? Um, and so one of the things for me is like this global economy. When we had our business, we were here set it up on our laptop in the UK. We had our manufacturers in China. We had our virtual assistants in the Philippines. And we had customers in the United States, and Canada, Crazy, and Mexico. Right?
0: I mean, think about Fantastic. that. That's even to, to say that with a straight face, <laughs> like this is the normal way we operate today. is fucking amazing. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Right? Like, it's amazing. And it's given you opportunity. It's given whatever. A dude in Philippines can do the same thing, right? So it's given people the empowered people who were traditionally would have had no options, right? If you're in the middle of the Philippines, you're right, you're going to work at the factory or nothing. You're done. And yeah, I know practical plenty fields. of people. That was like it. I'm yeah. with you. I, I hire people in the Philippines. I hire people in all throughout Asia, virtually and stuff. I know for a fact that These guys who are writers for me, copywriters who do my online stuff, fix my websites, all that sort of stuff, they are providing a lifestyle far superior what was available to them 10 years, like far superior. And it's wonderful, that's amazing, right? How great is that, right? And they benefit themselves, they benefit their families. Are they greedy, right? Are they bad guys because they wanna better their lives? Are you a bad guy for trying to better your life in Britain? Nobody's a bad guy. We're trying to do better for ourselves and our families. Is it greedy? Of course, it's greedy. It's good. I mean, the movie was right. Wall Street was right. Greed is good. At the end of the day, <laughs> that creative urge to do something better and make something better is better not only for the person who actually imp- implements it and with luck and timing and ed- everything that goes along with it, if he's successful. It's good not only for him, it's good for the society in general, period. It just is. And anybody who denies that is just has blinders on. There's just, I, I, can't, I can't get my head around somebody who says, I can't wrap my head around that thought that no, that's bad. Show me a better way. Because I've never, I've literally in my entire life, I've never seen a better way.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I was listening to a few podcasts about, you know, what, what would be the kind of perf- perfect society and as perfect as you can get, and as imperfect as it is at times, capitalism, like it's it, right? It's just it's the one that works for the most amount of people on this earth and gives, it's the fair exchange of value, right? That's right. People put all this emphasis and, you know, whatever they want to call it, this, this uh, objectify money or like make it out to be this bad thing. No, it's the person who has it. It's, the, it's just an energy. It's a, a flow, right? It's a flow of energy, an exchange of value. Uh, and it's the way we do that. And it's just the person. So money will only make you more of what you are anyway. So surely if you're a good person, you want to have more money because you can do more good with it.
0: Like 100%. Yep.
1: 100%. That's it. <laughs> yep. 100%. Yep. There we go. I feel like we've completely gone crazy tangents on here, but I love it. It's been great um i feel like we've gone way over our initial uh, kind of time slot there but no um, worries i love talking about this sort of stuff. cool it's <laughs> no it's been great chatting with you i don't want to see it.